Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. You may be seated and turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. We're going to look at a story today that I think that's going to help us wherever we are and uh, whoever we are in life. How many of you would say, I need a miracle today? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, listen, here's what I know. If you don't need a miracle today, get ready. You're going to probably need one tomorrow, right? I mean, it's just in life how it is. Sometimes the circumstances are so big, sometimes overwhelming, sometimes impossible. I, uh, several months ago, as I was thinking and praying about this teaching today, my thoughts kept coming back to this, a question I had asked myself and asked the Spirit. Do miracles just happen or do we need to do something? Do miracles just happen or do we need to do something? Now wait, I know God is God and he can do whatever he wants to do. Saul was riding on his donkey one day and a miracle happened and God knocked him off. Saul wasn't praying. I don't think the church is praying for him, but God did a miracle. There's a few of those, but I believe the overwhelming amount of miracles in the Bible happen when someone creates an atmosphere for a miracle. By that, I mean someone calls out to Jesus in faith, they exercise their faith, Maybe the Lord uh, asked them to do something and they're obedient. And creating an atmosphere is so important because here's what I know. Whatever you're sending out, this is not in your notes, but you might want to make a mental note of this. Whatever you're sending out, you're going to draw in. Whatever you're sending out, you're going to draw in. If you're sending out discouragement and negativity and all of those things and whining, that's, that's what you're going to get back because that's the, that's the atmosphere of your life. You know, music also sets the atmosphere for us. Have you ever noticed in your day-to-day life, you get in an elevator and the music is, ooh, you know, just calm me down. The dentist office, same thing, ooh. But then as intermission or when you got to get the stadium going, they got some DJ up there going, right? And it just, the atmosphere changes. It, it, it just changes because you want people to get on your side. In fact, they've shown that medicine even can use music. After World War II, they discovered by playing certain kind of music to soldiers that were wounded, they actually healed quicker and faster. And there's a lot we could go into that today, but I mean, music therapy goes all the way back to Plato, Aristotle, let alone David himself. Plato said this, music is a medicine of the soul. Music is a medicine of the soul. So today we want to look at this. How do we create an atmosphere for a miracle? Because an atmosphere of faith-filled praise and worship can create a place for miracles to happen. So let's look in Acts chapter 16. I'm going to read a lot of scriptures today. Is that okay? So if you have your Bible, you can follow along with me because I think it's so important for us to read this story. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit for fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high who proclaim to us the way of salvation. 
And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, I'm going to ask him about that when I get to heaven, okay? Why did it take you so many days? What was it annoyed you? He turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews, that's very prejudicial there, isn't it? And they exceedingly trouble our city. <clears throat> that's an exaggeration. But they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans. The multitude rose up together against them, verse 22, in the magistrates. And they tore off their clothes and they commanded them to be beaten with rods. So when they had laid many stripes with, with rods, you gotta, you gotta catch that. That's not just a whip, but a rod. When they laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding that the jailer keep them secure. Having received that charge, he put them in the inner prison. Would you underline that in your Bible? And he fastened their feet to the stocks. And at midnight, oh, you got to underline that one. At midnight, Paul and Silas were whining and complaining. No, they were praying and singing praise hymns to God. But look, the prisoners were all listening to them. Suddenly, you got to underline that. Anytime there's a suddenly, I underline that. Some of you get ready because today is your day of suddenlies. I really feel that today is your, you've been waiting and waiting, but today is your day. There's going to be a, there's going to be an inspiration. There's going to be a revelation that's going to come to you today. Suddenly, 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 suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's not just Paul and Silas, but all the prisoners chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew a sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, don't do yourself any harm for we're all here. Then he called for light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And they took them that same hour that night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God and his, all of his household. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. That's going to teach us how to create an atmosphere for a miracle. Lord, I ask you to give me the right words to say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't say, but let me say everything I should say. Lord, I just, I sense your presence. As, as Jennifer said a few minutes ago, man, you're, you're just here. It's so powerful. And so, Lord, I ask you to speak to us and give us understanding to hear. And at the end of this day, may you be glorified and may the saints be edified and may the enemy be terrified in your name. So let me just give you a few things that I see in this passage. Number one, realize that miracles often start with a mess because God can take your mess and he can make it a miracle. He can take your mess and make it a miracle. Paul and Silas are thrown in jail. Uh, they were, they, they, and they met the little girl and she's been, at, she's been tagging them all these days. And finally, they're not looking for a demon, but Paul turns around and he casts that demon out. I need to take just a little sidebar here and talk about palm readers, fortune tellers, and horoscopes. 
Those are not things that you want in your life as a believer. I'm amazed sometimes when I hear people say, well, you know, I had my lifeline read by a person, you know, that is a palm reader. Listen, most of those are frauds, but some of them are demonized. And you play around with that and you open the door for that in your life. You don't need to read a horoscope. You need to read the scope right here of the Bible. Someone said, you know, this, 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 this witch cast a spell on me, a curse. She cursed me. Listen, if you're a believer, uh, Proverbs 26 and 2 says, a curse without a cause cannot stay. A curse without a cause cannot stay or remain. So that means if you are blessed, if you are favored, and you've got the promise of God in your life, you can turn any curse into a blessing. If somebody says, well, you're not going to, re I read your lifeline, I read your lifeline and you're going to die by the time you're 32. Don't believe that, that curse. Renounce that right now. I shall live and I shall not die. Long life shall be mine because I am favored and I am blessed with the Lord. But don't go looking for something that is going to harm your life. Is that okay? I believe that God directs my life and his word. But here's what I look at when I see this passage. We can be following Jesus with all of our heart doing what's right, and we find ourselves in a mess. Yeah. I think sometimes we think, well, if I, if I tithe, if I come to church, if I pray, if I do all the right things, then I'm never going to have any messes in my life. I'm never going to have any issues. Listen, whoever told you that is a liar. It's not true. In this world, Jesus said, you will have trouble, you will have storms, you will have difficulty in the midst of that. And basically he's saying, in this world, you're going to find yourself in a mess. But when you find yourself in a mess, here's what you have to remember. What's happening in you today is more important than what is happening to you. And you'll see that in this passage today. Sometimes we see all these things happen. And we say, Lord, why, why has this happened? This is not this. I, I can't see this. You see, when you can't see his hand, you got to trust his heart. Yes. Some of you right now, you feel like you're in a mess and you're saying, Lord, where is your hand? I, I don't see you in this. You got to trust his heart of what he said to you. Look, here he is. Paul and Silas are beaten with rods and they're put in the inner prison. Roman prisons at that time had three parts. First of all, they had the outer part, which was just sort of like a containment that they would keep people that were, you know, misdemeanors. And then they had a second part of that prison that had bars, but a person could see daylight, they could see out. But the inner prison, the inner prison was most often just a hole in the ground. And they would drop the prisoners down there, and then we find that they took their ankles, and they chained them so that they couldn't move around. So in that, in, that, in that prison where they were, it was colder than a witch's elbow. It was blacker than the ace of spades, and it was smellier than any sewer you ever imagined in your life. And there they are. They're in a mess. Look at your neighbor and say, they were in a mess for sure. So number two we learn to, we need to learn to create an atmosphere for a miracle. Yeah. Create an atmosphere for a miracle. If you're going to receive a miracle, you've got to set up an atmosphere. That's part of your story. Look at this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas 
were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Don't skip over that. That's not a throwaway phrase at midnight, at midnight. Now, if Paul and Silas had been some of the people from the first service, not you, but they might have sat there bleeding in the darkness, hurting, and maybe they were saying something like this. Why did God let this happen to us? I mean, we were doing ministry. We, we were on our way to church. We've been doing it. We just started this new church. And we, we cast a demon out of this young girl so she could have freedom. You know what? I think I'm going to post on social media how much I'm suffering for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think I'll use my camera and make it big because I need some sympathy for what I'm going through right now because nobody else has gone through this. I'm tired. It's midnight. I just want to go to sleep. Here we are in the prison. But you see, they saw beyond where they were. And they realized that where they were was really not where they were. They realized that you may put stalks on my feet and chain me down, but you can't stop my heart from giving a praise and a song unto God. And it's at, it's at midnight, the darkest time. You ever notice how often that in darkness you get, you get confused? I mean, the sounds in your house that you might hear during the day, they're they change when you hear that same sound at night and it's dark, right? And, you say, and so Anita wakes me up. Did you hear that? Hear what? No, I didn't hear that. You take care of it. Why'd you wake me up? Why does both of us have to be awake? But isn't it true that when you're in a place of darkness and you can't see beyond where you are with your natural eyes, sounds that you hear, you're not going to get out of this. This is the end. There's no answer. God will never heal you. You're not going to come out of this. People have never come out of something like this. And you hear all those voices and you begin to feel a little afraid. But at midnight, you see, midnight is not the end of your life. Midnight is the beginning, is the beginning. In fact, Genesis 1 and 5 says, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Look at that. The evening begins your day. So I'm here to tell you, those of you who feel like you're in your midnight hour, that God hasn't answered your prayer, you are right where you need to be. It's the beginning of a new day. It's not the end. It's the beginning of a new day. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise. Amen. Now, I'm thinking as I look at this, you know, when I read these stories, I try to imagine them in my mind. And I'm I just imagine, okay, it's, it's dark, it's moldy and stinky, and they're singing and praying, and they're probably singing some of the Psalms of David. So I'm thinking, okay, so they didn't have a book they could look at, they didn't have uh, somebody to put the words up on a screen, so how are they able to sing and to claim the promises of God? You see, if you don't practice in daytime, you won't have it at midnight hour. If you don't practice his word, if you don't practice his songs, if you don't practice being who he wants you to do, when the midnight hour comes, you're not going to have it. We have to learn to use what's loose to shake the shackles off of what is bound. 
Now their ankles were bound, but their hands seemed to be free. Their voice was free. So you can say, devil, you can bind me, you can bind my feet, but you can't stop my voice and you can't stop my hands. And so they're singing praises unto God. Praise broke the chains of their life, amen? Psalm 22 and three says, God inhabits the praises of his people. This, here's what this means. I mean, I'll just grab this chair. So here's a chair that I want God to come in my life and sit. But if I don't create the chair, if I don't create the place, if I don't create that, there's no way for him to, be, to come into my life and to do I've got to cooperate. I've got to create an atmosphere for a miracle. So what do I do? I begin to praise him. Even when I don't understand, I begin to praise him. Maybe, maybe when you look at this, it, it makes so much difference. Because during the Sunday worship, as we just did in song, now we worship in giving later and we worship in reading the word, all of that is worship. But our worship team, our praise and worship team, they don't, they don't wait till Sunday morning. They don't wait till Sunday morning and then they say, okay, let's get everything together. But I'll tell you, if you ask most of them, they'll tell you this. There's something that begins happening to me on Saturdays. There's something that begins to happen to me because I begin to change my atmosphere because I know what's going to happen tomorrow. You see, Saturdays are not good for me to go out and have a, a, a dinner with somebody or do those things because about noon on Saturdays, I'm not good for anything except thinking about what God wants to do here today because I want to be sure that I can help create an atmosphere for a miracle that's in your life. But the sad thing is, in a lot of churches, people come in late and they miss the praise and worship and song altogether. Because I don't think they realize that when we're worshiping and singing and singing the word, we're not singing songs that talk about how good I am, how good I am. But we sing songs purposely of who he is, how good he is, how mighty he is, and how wonderful he is. And so there's an atmosphere of spiritual worship that happens while we're singing. We have to choose worship over whining. You ever met a whiner? One of my daughters was a whiner as a kid, a young kid. And I made her pray every night, Lord, help me not to be a whiny hiney. <laughs> Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. When you look at that in the Greek, it's in the present participles with an imperfect verb, which means that it was a simultaneous action. Literally, it reads, praying, we're singing praises. In other words, simultaneously. They, they, they were praying, and, and it was praise. They were praising, and it was praying. What were they doing? I believe they were claiming the promises of God. I believe they were singing how great God is. Because you see, I believe that they believe what was happening to them right then, what hap was happening in them right that moment, was better than it was happening to them. And you say, well, I wonder what they, I wonder what songs they sang. I don't know. I wondered that myself. And I just began praying and looking and I thought, you know, what would David sing at a time like this? Maybe that's what Paul said to Silas. 
decided to say, hey, what, what are we going to do? Well, what would David do at a time like this? Well, maybe he would do Psalm, maybe he would do Psalm 95 and 1. Read it with me. Come, let us shout. Wait, let us do what? Shout. What? Shout. Oh, if you come to a quiet church, you found the wrong place. This is a place that gets loud in worship, that gets loud in amens, that gets loud in declaring who God is. Let's read it again. Come, let us shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Psalm maybe five and 11, maybe he did it like this. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. (laughs) You know what's so awesome about a worship service like we have that's loud. Even somebody like me and Pastor Tim can sing off key and loud and nobody knows it except they sing a song that I don't catch real good and I jump in before it's time. Look at this one. Psalm 63 and four. Say, read it with me. So I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. You know, if you, if you, if you came from a church that they never sang loud and, and, and they never lifted their hands, probably the first time you came to a service like that, you thought, hmm, this is just a little weird. A little weird. A little weird. Right? Maybe you grabbed the back of the chair. and it, it, look, look at this one, Psalm 28 and 1. To you, Lord, I call. I, I believe this would have been a great song for them to sing. Be not deaf to me. Lest you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Look at this one. Every day I will call upon you, O Lord, and I spread out my hands to you. Could you just do that right there? If it's uncomfortable, I just spread out my hands to you, Lord. I just, I just, I just that's a sign of surrender. That's a sign of giving it all. That's a sign of saying, I have nothing. I love that song we sang. I have, you know, what is it? It's nothing much that I can sing. We'll sing it again. I think we need to sing it again. I need to catch the words. But when you begin... When you begin creating an atmosphere for a miracle, then you need to do this. You need to expect your suddenly. You need to expect your suddenly. It says, suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Look at that. Suddenly. You know, you ever heard that, that country song? You know, I guess if you're old country, you might not. Papa sang bass, Mama sang tenor, and me and little brother joined right in there. Well, I believe if you were there in the prison that day, it may have been a scenario like this. Paul sang tenor, Silas sang baritone, and God joined in with thundering bass so much that it shook the prison so violently that their stocks fell off, that the locks shattered, the doors flew open, the prisoner doors flew open, and the prisoner's chains fell away. You know the amazing thing? Paul's not good at jail escapes. God took the chains off, opened the door, and Paul just remains. Why? Because Paul knew that God could take his mess and make a miracle, 
And that what Paul was going through could be transitioned to be able to reach somebody else with the power of the gospel. So you see, here's what we need to do. Let our worship be our witness. Let our worship be our witness. Everybody else going through a tough time, you're going through a tough time, but all of a sudden, you say, I'm going to church today, going to church, and you're going through a tough time. Yeah, and when it's time to worship, you sing. And when it's time to give, you give. And you say, people look at that and they say, how, how can you do that? Why? Because you're expecting a suddenly and you're willing to let your life be a witness to reach somebody else. See that? The prisoners were listening to them. That listening there in Greek is a rare verb. And here's what it means. To listen with pleasure as to a recitation or music. They're in prison. These are heathens. These are prisoners. But there's something about what Paul and Silas created that it went beyond just themselves. But that umbrella began to reach over to others and it affected their life. So much that the jailer and his family were saved. Suddenly things happen. Here's, here's what I'd like to say. Don't waste your miracle. Don't waste your miracle. When you're going through a mess, remember that God can turn that into a miracle. And it'll touch people that are all around you in the midst of all that. So here's our next step today. Actively, actively cooperate in creating atmospheres for a miracle. Actively cooperate for doing miracles. Um, I, I, I want to demonstrate this, maybe what, what I'm sort of seeing in my mind. And, uh, let me see. Bear, would you come and join me on stage? Mr. Bear, come and sit in one of these chairs. Where's, where's Josiah? There he is. Josiah, come and join me. Come and join me up here on the stage, would you? Uh, Steve, come on, come on up and join me, Steve, up, up here on the, on the stage, okay? Now, here's sort of what I see. Take a seat wherever you want. I'll sit here in the middle, Josiah. Hold this for me, please. Thank you. Here's sort of, here's sort of what I see on a, on a Sunday so often. Because you see, our, our worship team does everything they can do to create an atmosphere. But if you don't create an atmosphere for a miracle, don't expect that you're going to get what the person beside you is going to get. So here we are. Here we are. We're in church, guys. We're in church. Yeah, I'll take that so you don't have to worry about it. We're in church, and it's time for worship. And I know all of you guys are good worshipers, right? So we stand, we stand, and we, we, we worship. We raise our hands. Bear, when, we, when, you, when you first came to this church, I step up here with you, you're tall, like me. <laughs> when, you, when you first came here, did you lift your hands? I don't know if I did or not. I know I didn't do it. You didn't see me lifting my hands. I know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not sure. But you did today. Oh, yes. Why do you do that? I'm free to praise God. Yeah. Josiah, why in the world would you, do you lift your hands? I see you, I see you sometimes even jumping back there. Why, why do you do that? Oh. Uh... Because I really can't contain it. Wow. 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 
I really can't contain it. So here, here's what happens. These guys are all worshiping. It's Sunday, and they're worshiping. Raise your hands, boys. But I'm here like some people that I see often in the first service. You're on your, on your phone. These guys are worshiping. He gets a miracle. He gets a miracle. I get nothing, but I found out that, that Arizona tied last night. Steve gets a miracle. And then I look back sometimes and I see people standing like this. And I think we have a misconception. You can put your hands down, boys. <laughs> I think we get the misconception that the, the songs we sing are entertainment. And we're listening to those who do it real well. And we leave without a miracle. People say, well, I didn't get much out of that church service. Well, what did you put into it? What did you put into it? But I was saying, I didn't say that in the first service, but here's, here's what I thought. If I, I don't believe in bad luck, so. I believe in blessings. If I create an atmosphere for a miracle through my worship. See, here's what can happen. The Lord told me this a long time ago. Sometimes people that are not used to worshiping or sometimes people that don't understand the Lord. But what happens when we create an atmosphere as a church service? Come up here, Josiah. Josiah is a lost heathen. He doesn't know anything about the Lord. But when I lift up and create an atmosphere for the presence of God, I pull him under. He, he doesn't know what's going on, but he senses that something is different than he's ever seen before. And you guys can be seated. Great job. Let's give him a hand. Listen, I'd like for you to stand and sing this song like you've never sung it before. Don't hurry out, but I want us to sing this song with, like we've never sung it before. Are you ready? Sing the song. Oh, don't you get shy on Come on, command your praise. Command your praise.
Did you, did you feel the atmosphere change? You see, that's what we have to be known here at the Father's house, of people that are unashamed to worship. Whether you're Baptist, Episcopal, one God, two God, three gods, praise God, it doesn't matter. But when it's time, we create an atmosphere. When, and then when people walk in, they say, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I sense something in my heart that is so real. I believe that there are miracles that are happening right now today. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your savior, we're gonna sing some more of this song. And you lift up your hands, the scripture said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. So that's what you do today. When you raise your hands, you believe that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. But we wanna sing just a little bit more of that. And if you need a miracle today, I want you to create that atmosphere for a miracle, not only for yourself, but for people that are around you. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.